Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Blueprint Podcast. The Blueprint aims to create content revolving around the do's and don'ts of collegiate and scholastic esports while keeping our audience informed on the facts of the space. We aim to give people in the ecosystem a platform to air out misconceptions, call out bad practices, or just have a soapbox to stand on and discuss whatever is important to them. Your hosts, Andy and Mike, hope to build a healthier esports environment while simultaneously engaging in productive conversations with rotating guests. As I mentioned, I am your host, Andy Mendez, and today with me is my co-host, Michael Viznas, and special guest, Callum Fletcher. Since this is our first episode, I'll go around the table doing introductions, starting with our guest, Fletch. Callum Fletcher is currently the Director of Global Gaming Operations at the USO, and spent three and a half years as a Director of Esports at Illinois Wesleyan University. Next up, we have our co-host, Mike Viznas, Director of Strategic Partnerships at GG Leagues and former Executive Director of Esports at Robert Morris University. And lastly, there is myself, Andy Mendez. I am the current director of esports at Naperville 203 and the director at the Illinois High School Esports Association. Combined, Mike and Callum have almost as much collective esports experience and years I've been alive. Welcome to the blueprint. <laughs> I like it. Oh, I'm glad you like that one. Callum, how are you doing? Thank you so much for uh, being on the show. I'm good. I uh, appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. It's been, a, it's been a minute since I've done one of these. Yeah, well, I'm sure because you've been busy as all heck. Could you talk a little bit about what being the, uh, first of all, the Global Gaming Operations Director at the USO? Yeah, so um, the the USO uh, as a whole, the mission is to support active, member, uh, active duty uh, and service members um, within the U.S. military. Uh, and, and last year, they just kind of established that gaming fits into that mission extraordinarily well. Uh, so my responsibility is to provide oversight, guidance, and direction to build out and, and make sure we're facilitating it um, the right way. So not only focusing on esports, but also focusing on gaming for the casual community members, the family members, the the children of service members. I mean, the whole nine yards. That's really neat. So was there, a, and, I, and I'm meaning to ask you this, was there a global gaming director before you, or is this like a brand new position that they've created? So um, yes and no. So it, it, it's a brand new position um, with like a, a little asterisk next to it. Uh, so before me, uh, one of our uh, regional leads, uh, Ray was the, my predecessor. So he did what a lot of people in the collegiate space do kind of taking on these two roles um, and, and, getting it staged for someone like me to come in and, and, and build it out from there. So okay. um, it, it is a new role, but there's been kind of a quasi me and before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I think um, in all levels of esports that, that I think that role has kind of existed, right. What's that person that building out that and fleshing out the system. And then eventually they hire someone in to really take it and run with it. And I think they made an excellent hire by the way. With, with <laughs> Thank you. you being the so. person to run that. Um, <laughs> Mike, how are you doing today? I, I didn't want to give you a chance to talk. <laughs> I mean, I, I was waiting for my chance to be able to jump oh, sure. in, but you, you were already peppering Fletcher with questions. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, my one question for, for Fletcher is, you, know, you see people from the collegiate space looking to go on to the next adventure after, and you've done that. So was it a big jump or was it just taking what you learned and applying it over at this job? Were you able to be effective and efficient? Yeah. So, so I think, um, I, I, I think, and I've, I've said this a few times before. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think many people are where they're going to be long-term in the collegiate space currently. 
Correct. Uh, and and I, I think that's whether it means like they're going to a bigger program or going to different schools or going mm-hmm. to somewhere else in the esports industry. Mm-hmm. I think I think collegiate is is a, a really good stepping stone, um, even if you remain in collegiate. And so for me, the 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 luxury that Illinois Wesleyan gave me was being able to build a program from the ground up, right? And 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 the nice thing that you'll discover if you're working in esports is that you're going to become a little bit of an expert in everything, right? So like social media, you're going to learn marketing, you're going to learn uh, recruiting, you're going to learn financial management, you're going to learn budgeting, you're going to learn all these different things, right? And so uh, for for me, when this opportunity came along, um, I was able to checkmark all of those boxes, right? Because I'd done a little bit of everything in my role as uh, head coach and director, where you do a little bit of everything, right? So yeah, so so I think it, it was it was a big jump. I mean, it was uh, this is ex- exactly where I envisioned myself being, but not for a little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think my experience in collegiate is what expedited that process because I learned so many different things in a a really rapid response, like short time frame. Because it's kind of one of those like collegiate is a sink or swim environment, right? Um, and and so. Yes, it was a big jump, but I also think I am very much ready for it. No, and I, I mean, knowing you as long as I have, uh, no, that's 100% true. I think the experience and the dedication and what you've built at Wesleyan is definitely a testament to your capabilities. And really just poising the question back, uh, looking at these other directors, you know, they put in two, three years and they've been able to build effective programs. And like you said, it's a stepping stone. Do you think from what they're learning at universities that job opportunities in the esports space should be welcoming or more open to what these directors, even at a student level that has put a program together to what successes and experiences they have? Yeah. And, and I, and I think there's, there's, um, a luxury that I think people look over in the collegiate space is that Mm. there are infinite network opportunities outside of the collegiate industry. Um, and then obviously there's infinite networking opportunities inside the collegiate industry. So collegiate is small enough that everyone knows everyone. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so not only are you, you kind of tapped into those communities, but if you're a collegiate program and you're organizing a partnership or a relationship with uh, hell, I don't know, let's just say golden guardians. Right. Um, well, through that networking opportunity, you now have opportunities there, right? That that could come up. And so I think 100%, I think Collegiate is um, a, a major stepping stone with opportunities that people don't typically realize that they have. I, I have to completely agree. And it, it even goes along with anywhere in the esports industry, right? If you're, if you're a partnerships manager, I mean, not to single you out, Mike, but <laughs> when, you're, when you're meeting all these new people, you get to really know the people that are working at uh, these various uh, bits in the industry. And, you, and you, again, networking is huge. Um, it just so happens that networking with LinkedIn is not huge, apparently, with the esports industry. I personally, I use LinkedIn a ton, but uh, a lot of people seem to have a gripe with <laughs> with esports LinkedIn in particular. It's Twitter. Um, it's Twitter, man. That's... It is Twitter. Yeah, it seems to be Twitter. Yeah, I, I think I think it's so. I'm I'm a I'm a Twitter person through and through. Like I, I check my LinkedIn just to hit accept on all of my notifications. Um, <laughs> I'm 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 all the way through with Twitter, but like. I mean, I think I'd be remiss. Like, I've I've checked my LinkedIn a couple times and like seen messages from recruiters from like three four three, 
that have been like, hey, we'd love to talk to you about this role that like I didn't see because I didn't look at it for six months, right? Yeah. So like LinkedIn has never worked for me, but I'm sure there are tons of people out there who it absolutely have and has worked for, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I personally, I use it a ton. Like I said, I've met a ton of great people in the industry with LinkedIn and it just happens to, you know, it happens pretty naturally. Of course you have to sift through all of the sales stuff, right? And you have to sift through all of the promotions and things, but yeah. you know, I think, I think any platform has that except for Twitter. That's uh, what it kind of feels like. Speaking of Twitter, Callum, we want to <laughs> kind of look at your Twitter for a bit and, and actually I have a few questions regarding your yeah, Twitter. A couple minutes um, ago, that post specifically. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's so interesting because Mike and myself were here and we're like, we have to ask Fletch about this because this is something that is so important. Then I refresh Twitter and I see seven seconds ago, you posted a tweet <laughs> regarding the, of course, what we're talking about here is the eSports Certification Institute that uh, was announced probably today, right? Sure. I think it was today. Yep. Um, and there are a lot of polarizing opinions, mostly it seems to be bad, right? Or poking fun out of the eSports Certification Institute. And uh, I just want to, first of all, I'll just probe you. What is the... The, the problem that you have, the main problem that you have with the Certification Institute? So, um, I, I think the, I, I, don't, I don't, and I don't think it's an issue that I have with them. Uh, I think it's an issue with the broader scope um, yeah. of certifications in, in this space. Um, I think they are too broad okay. in it for what this industry is. Um, I think I think collegiate has so many different niches and corners and, and nooks and crannies and responsibilities and, and positions and, and roles and teams that that no individual certification um, is going to justify your qualifications, right? And and so I don't I don't necessarily have an issue with certifications, and and, and it's the same thing with majors and minors in in esports. Um, I don't necessarily have a, f a fault with those. I have a fault with their delivery, right? So, okay. so for example, um, I actually asked a question to one of the founders of um, the certification program that we're talking about here uh, this morning. And I, I said, look, who is the audience, right? As, as, a, as, a, as someone who's been around in esports, so like I started playing in like 2006, 2007. I've, I've worked in the space for the last like seven or eight years. Um, a certification isn't going to help me get a new job in esports, right? Or gaming. Um, as a college kid, okay, is there attraction there? Okay, well, let's say that. Okay, so they responded and they said, yes, this is this is geared towards newcomers into this into the space. So if I'm a newcomer and I'm going into esports, um, I need to then assess. Okay, well, what's going to give me the leg up? Well, I can do the certification or I can get this experience. But once you have that experience, is the certification relevant, right? Um, because a, a certification on the broad scope of esports isn't gonna help me if, if I am looking at event management, right? Or sure. if I'm looking at broadcast production. Mm -hmm. But what sure. will help me is the experience. And it's the same thing with, with, with like esports degrees. The idea that there's a, his, like a, a history of, of smash esports class is it come on <laughs> like that's that that shouldn't be a thing mm -hmm. if, if i can go on youtube and learn about it in 20 minutes right um and i shouldn't have to spend an entire semester on it but what is relevant is a 
sports management degree with a focus on Smash Brothers, right? So, or, or event management or team management. So it, it's the delivery method, right? So like Boise State, right? Boise State has a phenomenal production um, setup and they have really good opportunities for their students to go in and learn broadcasting and production, right? Um, but, and correct me if I'm wrong, like they don't have a esports broadcasting degree. I don't think so. Right. Not that I've seen. So, and neither have I. So my understanding, and, and I, I could be wrong by all means, but like my understanding is they have a broadcast degree and a broadcast major, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and their students who are interested in esports get that experience from Boise State's esports program and production and major. So, so my question, my question is then what is the harm in, let's say, someone like Doc and, and Boise creating an esports specific field? Or I guess uh, you, you could call it a certification if you wanted to. And coming out of uh, an institute like Boise State with a an actual broadcast degree, but with the focus on esports, what's the harm? And do you think Riot Games is going to look at them and say we don't want to hire someone with a certification? But with it, but e-sports, it, it but it has nothing to do with the certification. It's about the experience. The experience, right? Oh, right. And so, like my degree is in law enforcement and homeland security, right? right? Like it is totally irrelevant for my career. It, literally irrelevant for my career. Ah, that was uh, my point about about the the tweet that I made too about, regarding this is that it, it seems like you could get into the esports industry, but you have to have a degree in something. It doesn't so, have to be relevant, but you you absolutely have to have a degree. That's I, what it feels like. I, 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 I'll say yes and no. So so the way that I view the degree is the de- the degree is going to get you in the door to have the conversation, right? The degree is going to make the hiring manager looking at the, the application say, oh, degree, okay, move them to this folder, right? Um, which it, it happens. Like, it's, it's a real thing. And, and like, I've looked at re- resumes and applications and said, oh, this person doesn't have a degree. They're not qualified simply because it was a qualification of the job. Yep. I didn't care what the degree was. That was just the requirement of the job. And I don't necessarily know if I, I, I don't have an opinion if I agree or disagree with that. But okay. the, the, the degree gets you in the door to have a conversation. Once you've gotten in the door to have that conversation, it turns into your experience, right? It turns into um, what you have done in the past. So like reflecting back on Boise and, and Haskell, if Haskell came out and says, hey, we're going we're gonna to have a, um, a broadcasting minor with a focus on esports, right? Like I don't think the focus on esports part is relevant, but okay. the broadcasting part is relevant. So, like, right. if I'm if I'm a student and I'm going to say, "Hey, I want to work at Riot Games in production one day," um, Riot Games is going to look at the resume and say, "Okay, cool, he's got a degree. Cool. Oh, he has experience. Oh, he's actually done esports broadcasting before, right?" Like, that's what starts to have that conversation. So, like, I, I say this literally all the time: if you want to work in esports or if you want to work in gaming, the best thing that you can do is just start. Right. If you want to work in broadcasting, start broadcasting. If you want to run tournaments, you start running tournaments. If you want to um, own and operate a team or be a, a team manager, own and operate a team and be a team manager. Right. Careful what you say there. Some someone like Oddity <laughs> might uh, take I, you up on that. <laughs> I, it, it, it the the best thing that you can do is just get the experience. Right. Right. And so then that's where these certifications come into question because if you have the experience. What's the relevance of a certification? And a certification alone is not going to get you in the door. It's not going to get you interviewed, right? Like if I went to somebody and and I had a degree and um, a certification in esports, um, let's say I ha- let's say I have a degree in in history 
and a certification in esports, right? But I have zero experience on my resume. Like I have literally nothing. I have my re- like that's all I've got. No hiring manager for esports is going to look twice at that simply because there are hundreds of applications for every role where people have experience and they have degrees, right? And so the certification alone is not going to help you. You need the experience. And then, as I said, like once you have that experience, is the certification worth it? Right. I was. Go go ahead. Sorry, Andy. I'm going to jump in here. No, I 100% agree. Um, And really, what the degree is showing in hiring managers, they don't want to admit this, uh, but a degree is showing that you have dedicated to that time to complete something. And the conversation from there goes to then our degrees in the United States, the four year, the bachelor degree, then now cheapened because you can get any degree and you're just looking for that you completed a degree. But for this conversation for here, I think for esports, I agree. We're looking for you to complete a degree and then have the experience with what you're looking for, for it to be applicable. But to take one step further to make those degrees actually maybe make a little bit more sense, I don't think we need a certification. I think you need to look at it in terms of an emphasis or a concentration. My degree was history and political science with an emphasis in law right? An emphasis gives me the experience in law that I needed. I had to shadow an attorney. My classes were con law one, con law two. So I had to take those classes for getting uh, ready to go into law school. It's it's getting ready to be able to take that next stump, uh, that, the next chub. So this is that experience element. I agree that having a certification just specifically tailored just for esports when it's overly broad like this, not giving anybody of experience. And it's just a piece of paper at the end of it. I mean, it's not really going to get you into the door. If you're getting a minor that's specifically tailored just for esports, I don't think it's going to get you in the door. What they'll care about more is, oh, you have a business degree and you have esports marketing, you know, emphasized in esports marketing. But then the next experience thing that the next thing I'm going to look at is experience. Oh, you were also part of your esports program for two or four years during your time at X university. That starts the conversation. That gets a hiring manager interested. That gets the ball rolling. How do we feel about UCI's esports management degree or uh, certification, sorry, that has been around for probably four or five years now? Again, it, it, it isn't an issue. There, there isn't an issue with certification majors and minors. It's the okay. delivery, right? Like right. UCI does a really good job of giving their students practical experience. Yep. Boise State gives their students practical experience. Um, Maryville doesn't have a major or minor, and, and I don't know if they will or won't, but like they give students practical experience, right? Like they have social media and all that. Um, so so it's, it's, it's not so much about the major, minor, or certification. It's about what's going alongside it. Yep. And that's that's exactly what I was kind of chiming in on. As long as there's some form of experience that a student can get during their time for it that is practical, practical and applicable, then you can start having a realistic conversation of looking at that a little bit deeper and a little right. bit more and, and having more meaning. And and then the conversation shifts, and this is a totally different conversation. Is is just and and with totally different trains of thoughts. It's just once you have that experience, is the certification or major or minor worth it, or does the experience trump all right and so um yeah i I think if using it as a means to get experience is fine using it as a replacement for experience is when you start having issues yep 
I mean, we're, since we're talking about universities, you know, we're talking about majors and minors and certifications right now. You know, let's look at um, let's just look at esports, collegiate esports as a whole. You know, they're focusing primarily on the athletic section. You know, getting those students in, getting them to be top end players. But do you feel as though they're missing a component? Do you feel as though they're not giving students enough scholarships for you know being an analyst, being a coach, being a coordinator? being a broadcaster or and in charge of marketing and social media and in an assistantary role or as an intern? Do you think that maybe collegiate esports is, is missing that big piece to give students another opportunity to excel and get into that career pipeline after graduation? Oh, this is a hot topic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> this is purposefully a hot so, topic. So I don't think I don't think the the issue is lack of scholarships. I think the issue is lack of staff funding. Um, okay. Because, so so what you're seeing consistently right now is um, a school that utilizes a student for a social media manager, okay, mm -hmm. uh, or or they use a student for graphic design, or they use a student for um, production and broadcasting, whatever it may be. Um, but what they're not doing is so so they're giving the student experience right mm -hmm. but what they're not doing is is giving the student proper support to develop those skills right which is the purpose of an educational system and so um if if i recruit john doe student to come into my program and and be a uh and run comms right so they're doing social media they're doing newsletters they're doing all like website updates whatever it may be um that student's getting experience, but are they actually learning anything is my question. And so what I think the better structure is like, hey, continue to bring students into these positions because they are getting valuable experience that they're not going to get elsewhere. But make sure that the proper oversight is set up internally to ensure that they are actually developing uh, as young adults from these skills and roles. And so um, so like for, for example um, – Boise State, I'm going to just refer back to them for this context, but like Boise State, broadcasting program and major. So so those students who are learning broadcasting aren't just coming to Boise State and, and just being thrown into that production room and then being like left alone and like, hey, figure it out, right? They're going to classes for production. They're learning different pieces of the puzzle that go into production. And then the, the Boise State esports program is their execution, right? Like that's where they can develop their skills, but they're always going to class and they're always reflecting back on those skills and attributes, right? Versus the student who is going into a computer lab. Okay. Hey, we're going to throw on a Twitch stream. Hey, we're going to throw on a broadcast. Um, and then at the end of the night, like they punch out and they're done. Right. And like, that's the end of the development. So I think the, the appropriate way to look at this is continue to bring those students in hundred percent because we want them to have those experiences. We want them to have those opportunities. Um, but if there's not a structure that supports and facilitates their growth as students, then they're just being utilized for free labor. So then my, my question would be for a follow-up, whose fault would that be? Would it be the director for not really putting that structure together, you know, funding it, really thinking it through or the institution itself thinking, uh, Hey, esports is going to be great. And they bought up too much that they could chew. That's a loaded question without it a is. right answer. Um, right. They're, they're, because like uh, a director's responsibility is to make the program the best that they can possibly do and to serve the students that they're bringing in. And, and they're doing that by creating that experience. Um, could they be doing it better? Yes. 
should they be doing it better? Yes. Can they do it better? That depends on whether the school is supportive or not. Um, and, and so I don't, I don't know who I'd put that fault on. Um, I, I know there's a lot of great directors in the collegiate space and head coaches in the collegiate space that have big ideas that can't execute on them because they don't have the support or resources. Mm-hmm. Um, do I say like, Hey, it's, it's your fault because you don't have this like elaborate staff structure that facilitates <laughs> student growth. Like, I don't think it is the director's fault. Um, I think it's a situation that, that is just a, a growing pain of the ecosystem. Um, do I think we'll get there? Yeah, for sure. Right. Like we saw Bethany bring in DOA this year. Right. Um, and so that's a really good example, I think actually of like, Hey, we want to do this. We want to have production and, and, and we want to have, um, we want to have production elements. We want to have content creation. Um, we don't have anyone on our staff that is facilitating this. So let's bring in DOA. Right. And they brought in DOA and DOA kind of helps an oversight or provides oversight for that kind of stuff. Um, and DOA is not full-time or anything like that. doesn't need to be for the capacity that they're utilizing him. But a program like Michigan State University, right? They just announced a $2 million um, esports minor. Uh, it, it would be prudent of them to say, hey, if we're going to bring in production, we should have somebody or at least a major mm-hmm. and minor that they can further develop those skills beyond just the actual workload that the students are doing. Yeah, no, I agree. The question was, uh, as you mentioned, it is loaded and and there is really no right or wrong uh, answer to that. Um, a lot of people, especially in Twitter, we've all been there, guys, you know, where they're trying to place, you know, point that finger. It's the institution. It's the director. It's the staff. I think when it comes down to it, it really depends on what the director and the institution can do within a reasonable set of means to accomplish goals. And I know in our conversations in the past, Fletcher, it was milestones. What are reasonable milestones that you can create and effectively get done to improve your program? And so for the directors that are listening out there, that's what you need to do. Like you, we're all been, we've all struggled. We've all been there, but remember you can shoot for the stars, but it's good to have a, a safety net. All right. Below you. And for the institutions out there, you know, maybe listen to your directors a little bit more, but guide them onto a reasonable means in terms of uh, what a program could be for your institution. Right. So- because sometimes you get directors that are a little bit too hungry. It's great to see that passion, but you got to stay with what the institution is trying to achieve. Right. And if not you try to build those, TSM. Exactly. If you achieve those goals, you'll be able to get more leeway with an institution to achieve goals that you want to set out in the future. So, Callum, I have a kind of a different question for you to steer this conversation along. Believe it or not, we only have about 13 minutes left, so I want to kind of get your opinion (laughs) on on something. So you had spoken about previously months ago, and I know you're kicking yourself right now. You're like, God, i got to stop tweeting. Um, And I did my research. So you had mentioned that there are a handful of collegiate programs doing it right. Right. And, and, and put the tweet insinuated, I'm just going to say, and a lot of people saw this that way for some mm-hmm. reason, is that everyone else is doing it wrong. It's only, it's only these top three leaders or top five leaders that are doing it right. I want to give you an opportunity to kind of, first of all, air out that tweet and, and see if maybe anybody wants to kind of hear your, your true thoughts behind who are the, the thought leaders in the space, number one and number two, that you're potentially not saying that everyone else is trash, like a double lift kind of scenario, but you're saying there's a lot of room for improvement everywhere else. My second follow-up to that is, can you name a program that is kind of like an underdog that 
you think is doing well, something that's not your Maryville or UCI or um, even Bethany's, someone who's really small, but you really have had your eye on them because they're doing well. So, all right, so give me the first question again. It, Who first question do you think is, of, the first question was air out that tweet. Air, air out that tweet. Absolutely. Um, so, so it's not that everyone else is doing it wrong. Um, and, and, and I, I cleared this up to a couple people, um, that, that weren't too thrilled with what I said that, that, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love your hot you? takes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you making controversy in the collegiate esports space? I who, could who not thought, believe right? it. No, absolutely. No, no. So, so um, it, it's not the fact that other people are doing it wrong. Everyone has different metrics of success, right? Like, and, and that's something I emphasize that that not everyone is trying to be like Maryville. Not everyone is trying to be like Boise in production. Everyone has different metrics of success. Um, what, what I what I mean by like a, a few programs doing it right is there are only a few programs in my opinion that are offering the right resources to both students and staff, right? So offering appropriate wages, um, offering appropriate staff positions, um, ensuring that there are enough programs that are, or ensuring that a program is fully staffed so that the students can further their development. Um, and then even using the students in a structure uh, that, that facilitates that growth, right? So uh, everything from team managers to production, whatever it may be in between. So, so the, the context of that tweet is like, there are, I, I fully agree that there are only a few programs that are doing it that way, right? Um, I think there are, I mean, it's no secret that collegiate esports is underpaid. Um, it's, it's, it's no secret that a lot of these people in collegiate esports are working more hours than they should be. Um, and, and that's not a, a fault of esports. Um, it's, it's not a fault of, um, the, this industry. Um, it, it, it's a fault of funding and support by universities. And so when, when I made that tweet, everyone got all everyone got all offended that that i was coming out and attacking all these different programs when like no uh, i'm attacking the schools that are doing it poorly right <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 going after and saying like hey look the quality of life for collegiate esports coaches and directors sucks yeah it, it does 100%. like right it it, it 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 isn't great you're 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 working you're overworked you're understaffed you're expected to wear more hats than you should. And, and again, like on one hand, that's great because it gets you into the next door, right? Like it, it is that great stepping stone because you become a master in a million different things. But at the same time, like it's not healthy. <laughs> and and the expectation should not be that you're, you're sacrificing your social life. Like I skipped weddings. I skipped funerals. Like I, I, I skipped me going out to see, see my family once every six months, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's you you shouldn't have to to be successful in esports you have to make sacrifices 100 percent, you do but you shouldn't be forced to do them yeah right yep. you should be able to choose what you There's are, a difference. are not comfortable sacrificing right between expectation and you know what, what you're willing to put forward right right to, if, to grow yourself and, and if you're a collegiate program that has 40 kids and one one head coach 
and, and, and they're underpaid, but like, they're looking at this as like, Hey, I need this experience. I need this, whatever. Um, you're, you're forcing their hand. So, so it's, it's not me attacking the programs. It's me attacking the schools, right? It's me saying like, Hey, schools, like there are only a few schools that I'm comfortable saying like, Hey, these schools are supporting their programs. Right. Um, it's not a matter of the rest of them are doing it wrong. It's a matter of the schools are doing it wrong. Right. There's yeah. a, there's a lot of really good people. As I said earlier, man, like there's a lot of really good people in collegiate that don't get enough credit. Um, and, and, and even more so than that, there are a lot of people in, in collegiate who deserve more opportunities. And, and this kind of goes to something else that I've always talked about, right? Like be ready to leave. Some, someone asked me a few weeks ago, um, Hey, I'm, I'm dealing with this situation. Like, what do I, what do I do if, if we don't get the support or like, where do I go from here? Um, and, and if, if you're not going to get the support there, go somewhere that will give you the support. Right. And, and, and be prepared to leave. I, I think there's this weird, like loyalty, if you will. There's a lot of new programs that are popping up. There's a lot of people that need good people in esports, and and outside of collegiate too. There's a lot of people that need them, so don't be afraid to look elsewhere. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that take. Um, you know, you have people that want to sit there. You, you know, that loyalty aspect, but at the same time, it's that fear aspect. And to those that are sitting there with that fear, maybe I won't go anywhere. Maybe I don't have enough. Maybe I'm the reason why I'm doing it wrong. If you're asking yourself those questions, that means you tried planning things out. And I'm telling you right now, you're not the problem. You have most likely planned things out. Try to go through all the proper channels to talk to your administration. Did the correct budgeting. You are doing a lot and you're handling a lot with different hats. It's not your fault. It's okay to move on. You have the experience. You can go forward. I think the, the most accurate esports career advice I've ever heard has been from Callum. Yes. Like just just out of just just saying, like you being so prepared to to basically leave, right? If if uh, if an organization is not uh, panning out the way you'd like, and and another thing to keep in mind in situations like that, you're putting your name on something, right? You have to make sure that what you're creating and what you're given the opportunity to create is up to your own standards. Because if you create an esports, uh, just say an organization at a collegiate level. And it flops because there's not a whole lot of support from the administration, and two years down the road it dissipates. That it's kind of on your name, right? You you, you have to kind of explain that to to potentially other people. I mean, I don't know how accurate this is, but for sure for me, I know that when I build a, a high school program, I have to make sure we see it through all the way. And luckily, I have that support at the high school level that we can make sure that happens. But again, you're you're putting your name on something like that, and as a career choice. You really have to make sure what that you know what what you're you're putting your name on is something that represents you. So so I, I, I do just want to preface something that like be ready to leave was not a context about Illinois Wesleyan. Um, <laughs> no, I, no, I, no. <laughs> they had to clear I, that up. <laughs> I, I just want to be like crystal clear. Um, but but yeah, look, the the here's the thing. Um, you've got to take care of you. Um, and, and so go, go into the plan. One of the things that I told Illinois Wesleyan um, when I started, and I was very clear with, with my direct report, was that, like, I'm going to be here till I plateau. Um, and then I'm going to move on. All right? Like, I'm going to – if, if I can continue to grow here, I'm going to stay here. 
Um, and and I, I hadn't plateaued when I left Illinois Wesleyan. I just had a really good opportunity come up. Um, but that 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 should that mentality should go for most people, right? It is if, if you're taking a position to build something, um, build it until you feel like your development is being stunted. Once once you feel like you're not developing, especially because like most of the people running collegiate esports programs are young, right? Like everyone, like most people in this space are probably between like what like 24 and like 35 would you agree with that yeah that's pretty so accurate. like you're you're way too young in your career to plateau 100 you're yeah. way too young in your career to plateau and and so um especially in a field like esports right like that that doesn't necessarily apply to everything like if you're if you're a teacher um and you want to be a teacher like your your career doesn't necessarily plateau right um but 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 in esports it 100 percent can and and so if if you are if you're working at a university and, and you don't feel like you are it, if you don't feel like you are getting anything out of the experience it's time to go it's it's time to move on and and it's time to start looking and 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 I say this often to a couple of friends is like start start looking before you need to start looking um, because you don't want to be in a situation where you're not happy and working all of the time and job hunting on top of that right yeah. um, leave when you're happy because um, start looking and leave when you're happy because at, at that point, like if, if you interview for a job and you don't get it, okay, you still got a great opportunity. You're still learning a lot, right? Um, leaving your job should be an opportunity for development. And I think that's often overlooked. So like when, when, you're, when you start to plateau or you feel like you might plateau or you're running into brick walls that you can't get through um, that aren't necessarily on your fault, on, on you, like be prepared to leave simple as that and to to follow up with that second part of that question what is the and this is kind of going back to way earlier what is the collegiate uh i should say director or program that you have your eye on that you think you're doing really well but not necessarily getting all of the attention like every other esports uh, like maryville or uci or um boise for instance that's a, that's that's a, um i think that's an almost impossible question okay um because there are too many that don't get enough credit. Um, I think for me, so like I'm actually gonna single out one person here. Um, so for for me, I'm gonna go and say uh, Chris Funston at St. Clair. Um, okay, yeah, Chris. So 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 Chris to me embodies what successful people in esports should be. Um, worked hard as a volunteer, built up the experience. Um, put the time in, put the effort in, put the energy in, um, did it all out of passion and support of the program, um, and then turned that into uh, an assistant e- assistant esports director position. Um, putting in time and energy there will hopefully in turn create a new opportunity, right? But but he now has the ability to go to a un- another university and say, hey, this is what I did here. This is where I come from. This is my experience. This is what I want to do, and this is where I can go. Um, and so I don't want to necessarily shine the light on any singular program um, because I don't think that's going to just do enough justice because, because I think there's like this, there's this, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, a hundred percent guilty of this. There's, there's, there's echo chambers in collegiate, right? Everyone knows this. Um, and, and similar programs talk among similar programs, right? Um, but not everyone has the same metric and not everyone has the same goals 
um, and, and not everybody is, is chasing after the same uh, piece of the pie. And so I don't want to give credit to a university that does or doesn't deserve it. But I do think people like Chris do deserve it. People like Katie from um, what Purdue is it Purdue Fort Worth? I think it's Purdue Fort Worth. But people like Katie, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, people like Katie deserve that credit, right? They're passionate people who are who are uh, working towards bettering the space. Um, <clears throat> people like John, um, and and hell, even even the high school guys, guys like you guys, um, Ben Bruce, Keith Keith Kennedy, all those guys, right? Um, there's there's so many good people in the space that are going to be so successful. Um, I had a conversation with someone a few weeks ago and then we, we were talking about, um, I, I don't, I don't think people realize like how much money people are going to make in collegiate in a couple of years. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. collegiate salaries suck right now, but they're going to go up hundred percent. And, yeah. and, and the people who are doing well and doing good in the space right now are the ones who are going to be retaining those. Um, and, and, uh, I mean, at least I hope. And, I, I think there's a lot of people in collegiate esports that are going to be very, very successful. Um, they just need to stick to it. That's a that's an excellent way to put it. Honestly, that is an excellent way to put it. Shout out to Chris and, and everyone else that you named there. Uh, absolutely. So we are pretty much out of time, and I really don't want to go too much further, but I do want to give you an opportunity. Um, you can respectfully decline. Uh, but uh, hence respectfully, if if it's not respectfully, then I'm not accepting it. Um, here's your soapbox. Just just start yelling to the clouds. What is it something that you want an audience to know? This is particularly the ecosystem that you uh, are are deeply involved in. But what is the last thing you want you want to talk about here on the podcast today? Um, stop putting people on pedestals. So. That is that is targeted at everybody in the collegiate community. Um, people like Clerky, people like Haskell, uh, people like Dana, uh, people like Kirk at ISU, people like me, um, people like Chad, don't put them on pedestals. Um, because that's how the echo chambers start. Um, and that's how, how they continue. Um, recognize that not everybody has the same metric of success and not everyone has the same goals. So stop comparing program A to program B when they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in budget differences, right? Um, or staffing differences, whatever it may be. You can celebrate the successes of a program and you can celebrate the successes of the people and you can want to learn from them. But, but I feel like there's um, almost an idolization of people in the collegiate esports community, um, that I think is detrimental to the overall growth of the collegiate esports community. Um, so, so my, if I'm standing on a soapbox and I'm I'm trying to get people to pay attention, and I think this is something like, like again, like I think leaving the space helped me see this and understand this. Um, that that a hundred percent. I and and again, I, I said this earlier, like. I was part of the problem, like these echo chambers and whatnot. I facilitated them, hundred um, percent, unknowingly. Um, but but I, but I was part of the problem. Stop putting these people on pedestals. Celebrate success, but like recognize that your success is different. 
um, and and what what works for you is different than what works for anyone. Um, and, and you don't need to be winning a national championship every year to be successful. Um, so, so that would be the first thing. And then the second thing is, is going to be the, something that I've repeated at literally every podcast I ever do okay. is students need to do their research. 100%. Stop going to bad programs. Stop going to schools that don't work for you. Stop going to, to, to programs with bad scholarships. Stop going to programs with bad support structures. Like, Students need to do their research. There is enough good programs or there are, there are enough good programs out there um, that you should be happy where you are. Um, and I think you're, you see it often in collegiate sports more than most, I would imagine most traditional sports in collegiate space, but like students swap schools constantly and they bounce around between universities, right? Like that's dismissing the point of collegiate the right. collegiate ecosystem should be is, is to develop those skills and develop your education and develop you as a person. And if you're bouncing around school to school to school, I think you're you're doing a disservice to those. Absolutely. Wow. I'm glad you were prepared for that. I was I was expecting you not to be prepared for that, but you know I, you're I, you are Callum Fletcher. So. I, I I bring it up because like it was it goes back to that tweet that I put out earlier about like other schools not doing it right or whatever. Yeah. Um. And someone reached out to me and was just like, "Well, what about like so and so and so and so?" I was like, "Why the hell does it matter? Yeah. What so and so and so is doing? Yep. Like, stop putting them on a pedestal. It is irrelevant. If if you should, I remember now it was you should not be offended that I don't think your school does it right." you're only offended because you're putting me on a pedestal and you're telling me that my opinion is worth more than yours. It's not right. It is not Illinois Wesleyan was successful because Illinois Wesleyan supported esports and they hired somebody who knew what they were doing. Right. But if Illinois Wesleyan did not support esports, I would not have been successful at Illinois Wesleyan. Right. And so, and and so it, it goes for all these schools like Maryville would not be Maryville if Maryville did not support esports. Right. Yep. So you can have someone like Clerky who is fantastic at what he does and and is great at, at running a program. But if Maryville turned around and said, Hey, we're offering zero dollars to Maryville Esports this year, Maryville's probably not going to be as successful as they are now. Right. And so so stop putting these people on pedestals like they are the reason the program is successful exclusively. They're not. Hundred percent agree. I mean, that goes for schools that try to claim on uh, old taglines. No one, no one really cares if you're the first. What are you doing to the program? No one cares that you've done something the first time. You know, how are you helping those kids be successful? How are you making the program grow? What are you actually do, doing in the current climate and in the current time? And if you're not doing anything to help grow that program as an institution, then maybe esports shouldn't be something you could be dabbling in. Yeah. I, I, again, like celebrate the success. Everyone that I mentioned in that list are, are they're they're tier one leaders they're they're friends 100%. of mine they're 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 doing good things but but so are people at saint Clair. um mm-hmm. so are people at drury so are people at um rit and unt and and these schools that that don't typically get talked about um but but no one talks about them why they're successful so i i would say stop putting people on soapboxes do your research and 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 keep looking towards the future of collegiate because again like the landscape's going to change so much in the next few years like it's not even it's not even funny how much the landscape's going to change in the next few years um 
when when schools like ISU start programs, it triggers other schools. Uh, and and I'm not saying ISU is the reason MSU is getting a program, but like MSU is getting a program, so their big rival is probably going to get a program. Um, Ohio is obviously already getting started, um, and, and and those big schools are going to take the big guns, right? They're going to go after people like Clerky. They're going to go after people like Chad and Dana and Kirk and and Haskell, and and when those positions open up. Um, that means you're also going to have an influx of esports veterans um, from from the pro leagues, um, from developers like Riot Games. Uh, they're going to come in and say, "Hey, MSU is hiring. Like that's a good job with a lot of money. Um, that's a good opportunity." And and you're going to have an influx of talent. So not only are you going to have openings within the collegiate world, but you're also going to have an influx of talent from the professional world. So like the the space is it's going to look completely different completely different in a few years that is a great note to end on thank you so much Callum for your time and of course your expertise uh just wrapping up here is there anything you want to shout out anything coming up with the USO that you want to promote at all yeah we're gonna have um a a collegiate tournament here coming up um with with some uh some pretty big opportunities for um colleges to compete on a national stage at the end of the year so um, keep an eye on our Twitter, uh, which is at the underscore USO. So at T H E underscore USO. Thank you so much, Callum. We appreciate it. We'll definitely make sure to keep an eye out on that. It seems like an awesome opportunity and anything with your name behind it, we know is going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> and that isn't just to put you on a pedestal. That's just because you do damn good work. You got to hide it. You got to hide it. There's no pedestal yeah. there. There's no pedestal there. Anyway, thank you so much for your time, Callum, Mike, It's been awesome, and uh, this has been The Blueprint, signing off.